It's time to get chiseled with Rob Hamadari. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Chiseled. And why do we call it Chiseled? Because we're all a work in progress. I'm your host, Rob Commodore. I'm also the author of Better Than You Think and also co-authored a book, Next Level Your Life, who was orchestrated by Kyle Wilson along with about 40 other authors. And in fact, that's how I met today's guest at a Kyle Wilson Inner Circle event. His name is Chad Kanneller. He's also an author of the book Finding Happy, and he was also connected with Kyle in a book, Resilience. And you're going to hear a little bit about his story today. He's from Spring, Texas, which is just north of Houston. He's been married 19 years, has three children, and I am excited to talk to Chad today. Chad, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Rob. It's very, very excited to be here. And I'm excited to have you. So you told me in, uh, in, in, I guess, a part of the book with Kyle, and we had a conversation beforehand, and there's, there's two things that that – I guess resonated with me. One, your story in Kyle's book is from jail to millions. And then you told me that in a time frame from 16 to 30, your life was a wreck and, and it's come, it's come to another evolution to a place where you're really happy and at peace. So what I'd like to do, Chad, if you give me a little context about the, the story behind all this. Yeah, I would love to. I'd love to. So the way I look at it is, you know, the first 15 years of my life from, from being born at 15, it was pretty normal. You know, I, I had a, you know, just traditional parents and went to uh, normal public school and all that kind of stuff. And, and life was good. And then about age 15 and a half is when I started, I discovered alcohol and I started drinking and I started partying. And that kind of became the centerpiece of my life for the next 15 years where my life just got completely destroyed. So I found myself at age 30 with, you know, being, being divorced, bankrupt, almost homeless, no money, nothing. And then after that, though, that's when things started to click for me, things that I learned along the way. And from I just decided to change my life, Rob. And from age, you know, 30 on, it's just been an ongoing kind of rebirth of, of life and just uh, changed everything. And so I guess the message I like to share with the world is it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter where you are now. It matters where you're going and what you're willing to do to get there. Yeah, thank you for saying that much. And, and and I don't want to go too much into the darkness unless you want to go into those woods. But uh, there was some stuff happening early in life. And by the way, I failed to mention that Chad's a, a two-time uh, military participant, right? So he's a two tours of duty, let's call it maybe, if I'm saying that right. So he spent 12 years in the military, and, and I want to thank him for his service today. So I, I apologize for failing to mention that out of the gate. But uh, going forward here, so again, there were some things that happened early on. You, you, you had a, you had a um, I guess, an epiphany. And what I like to hear about it is if you would share a little bit about the stuff that caused you to go down, down the road where you went, that you landed in jail, and what happened in jail to get you where you are today. Yeah. So I think a big part of that was just in, in my twenties, I, you know, I, I started, I started singing in rock bands, I guess it was a big catalyst to that catalyst to that. And so it was all about sex, drugs and rock and roll for me. And I was just laser focused on that life. I wanted to do music and nothing else. And so I started getting focused on that. And it led me just to a lot of small things. I just, you know, I get a, a speeding ticket and I wouldn't pay it. I'd have parking tickets and not pay those. I just decided I wasn't, you know, I just didn't care. And I was that kid that was 25 years old and just didn't care about much at all. And I just lived my life like every day was the last. And I didn't really think I'd live much past 27 at the time in, in that lifestyle. And uh, so, yeah, it just uh, it starts piling up when you live that way, Rob. Yeah. And then so you ended up in jail for a very short period of time, right? Yeah, yeah I had to go to jail a couple different times for two weeks each time. And 
Uh, one of the times that I was in jail, I, I decided just to read the whole entire Bible. And, uh, you know, I had a lot of questions and I wrote it all down. And I remember going and, and sitting down with a pastor and, and I said, hey, I got some questions. And he didn't know I had three hours worth of questions. <laughs> he answered them all. And and uh, that was a, a beginning of a, a new life for me was just to accept Christ and, the, and to move forward in that way. So you're in jail, right? And, you, and what what spurred you on to say, hey, I'm going to pick up the Bible? I think it was just knowing I had two weeks to sit there and kind of evaluate my life. I mean, when you're 30 years old and you have nothing, you kind of sit there and go, maybe if I really change, then everything can change for me. And so I said, I wanted to change. I remember there was a Huba, a Huba Stank song on there. Uh, this is, I think it's called, This is the Reason. And that that's, it seemed like it played over and over and over. And every time I heard it, I was just like, wow, I need to, it's possible, right? I need to change. And I'd met a new, a new girl um, and I was excited about our future. And I just knew that for things to change, I had to change. And I was one of those people. And I'm like, I'm going to do a complete change, complete overhaul of my life. And so the new beginning kind of came out of that. Yeah. And so when, and reading the Bible, for somebody to say, I read the whole Bible in two weeks, that to me, to me, that's a big undertaking, right? Because I know early on, like I would say, oh, I'm going to read the Bible from, from front to back, from page to back cover. And, and you get stuck in different areas sometimes if you're really not getting it. And so, like, was it was it something in certain sections, certain chapters, certain book of the Bible that really clicked for you? Yeah, I mean, I remember it was 70 some pages, I think. And I was just like, all right, I'm going to read 70 pages each and every day that I'm here. And I read through it and I'm, I'm taking notes. And it just, you know, some of it more than I've read through the Bible multiple times, obviously, since then in, in a much slower way. Right. And I've, I've literally sat there and, and chewed on scripture and stuff and, and uh, meditated on it. But I remember at the time. It was just certain, the stories, you know, it was just catching the stories. And I was like, wow, wow. And I remember the overarching theme of just a bunch of jacked up people like me, you know, because when you read something, you start to see you in it. Right. And I was like, man, look at all these jacked up people like me. But it wasn't the end because they screwed it all up. They're able to redeem themselves and, and have a much longer trajectory. And so now looking back, I'm like, it's such a small, even if it's 15 years, I look at the first 15 years of my life as a chapter the second 15 years of the chapter, the third 15 years of the chapter. And here I am. I literally just turned 50 yesterday. So it's kind of like my, maybe the halftime, you know, halftime right now. But it's when you're younger, everything's so much more intense. And you're like, oh, it's over. I ruined it all. And you can be looking at a, a year of your life. And then now looking back, I'm like, oh, those are just little tiny little, little chat. And it goes faster and faster than it, Rob. And it's just each thing. Oh, yeah. Small chapter. <laughs> it does go fast. So I was telling Chad before we got on the call that you told me his birthday was yesterday. So happy birthday, by the way. And, and thank you for this gift of uh, you're giving us a gift on, on your on the day after your birthday. So thank you for that. Um, but it's, it's you know, 50 years old. It's only halftime. I told him I'm five minutes into the third quarter. So we both have a long way to go, I hope. Right. That's right. So one of the cool things you told me, I've read the book, Finding Happy. I read the story in, in, in Kyle Wilson's uh, Resilience book. And uh, one thing I, I thought was really cool, you know, you had a good woman when, you, I, I, from what I read, and correct me if I'm wrong, you meet her. And it was like shortly thereafter, you had to go to jail and she stayed with you. So like I'm picturing just meeting this girl, you, you're hanging out. And oh, by the way, hon, I got to go to jail for a couple of weeks. <laughs> So how did that, I mean, talk to me, how did that, like, it's, what it's transpired funny, there? It's a, yeah, it's a funny story. Cause I remember literally like my life was just kind of deteriorating. And I remember like, God, if you're real, you know, I need, I need a sign. I need something. And, and it must've been not even a week later. I'm, I'm playing on a Sunday. So I was singing in this band called One Shot Twice. And, you know, it was a benefit. So there were six bands that day. I was running sound and singing. And, and it was one of these, you know, like dive bars that fits like 200 people, you know, and it's just, 
everybody was kind of like a biker kind of situation or whatever. And I remember standing next to my guitar player and I look up and the door open and in walked this woman that just didn't fit in. She had this white dress. She's only one with a dress on the entire place, this white dress on beautiful, like took my breath away. And I elbowed my guitar player and I said, Timmy, that's my future wife. And he said, no, man, that's my future wife. And I was like, all right. And then that's that. That's when I met my wife, Jury. And so, you know, we met on a Sunday. We, we moved in together the following Friday. You know, not it was kind of a little too fast. Right. I would tell my kids never, ever do that. But moved in together the next Friday. And then it was literally maybe a week into that after that, that um, these police officers come in and I had six warrants for my arrest and they took me to jail. And when she bailed me out, you know, I think it cost her 600 bucks. I said, this is the one. He's a keeper. <laughs> She's sticking around even now. And, and of course it wasn't a surprise. I said, I've got a lot of, I've got a lot of baggage. Just wanted to let you know. And I told her up front and you know, it's just, it's just funny. It's just funny how it all worked out. And we, uh, been married 19 years now, three kids and, and just, uh, gets better and better every year. Yeah. So, so talk to me about, like, like I, I know in the book and I will encourage people to read it, uh, talk to me about, okay, you, you're, you're bankrupt. You're going through this tough time and all this stuff. And uh, now you read the Bible, you get out of jail and then some good things start happening. First, uh, first of all, your wife, you know, that happens, but some other good things start happening. You want to share anything about that? Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny. So we, uh, you know, we met, we moved in together and then a couple months later we found out we were going to have our first child. And I remember thinking to myself, Oh man, I need to, we need some help. I mean, my, my wife's got all these problems, you know, and she's looking at me going, Oh man, we need some help. My, my, uh, my man's got all these problems and, and we're thinking, yeah, we want to do better than our parents did with us. So we said, what do we do? And we got together and we had a conversation and we said, we need to find, there's supposed to be good people in churches. Let's find a, a church. And then we argued for the next couple months about what kind of church it would be. And I remember my, my wife was working at, um, Cracker Barrel at the time. She was a waitress there. And this guy kept coming in every Sunday and he gave her his business card, you know, and was like, just come check us out, come check us out. And so I called him up to try and talk to him about a business I was in at the time. And he agreed to meet with me. And, you know, while we were meeting, he said, Hey, this Friday night, I'm having a young uh, married and engaged couple, uh, like game night or whatever. And so we said, Oh, let's go. So we went there and, and that was really helpful because they lived a couple miles away and they ended up really pouring into us, you know, and that's a big thing I've learned in life is that when someone takes their time to pour into you um, and, and they have what you're looking for, you know, and, and to just take the time to listen. And now I've been able to pour back into so many other people. So I'm always, always going to give credit to all the people in my life that just took a, a guy that could have bore absolutely no fruit. There was no real reason for them to pour into me at the time. They got nothing out of it. I promise <laughs> <laughs> the satisfaction of knowing they're investing and they're investing in, in uh, you know, and I always look back and, so thankful for that time of when that couple that ran that church invested into my wife and I. Yeah. So you talk about pouring back into people. So how do you pour, how does, how does Chad pour into people now? Man, I'm just, I'm always, you know, one, one is prayerful, right? Cause every single person's not, not my assignment. So I'm always just, just uh, trying to listen, listen to the, the still small voice, the whispers, you know, and I think sometimes you come along and God just kind of puts a spotlight on somebody. And I'm like that guy right there. I'm supposed to share with him. I'm supposed to help him. And so I just really try and be aware, um, you know, walk slowly through crowds and just kind of whether it's social media or whether it's person to person or whether it's just a, a phone call I get from somebody just always ready to to invest where I can invest. That's incredible. And, I, and I'm sure there's a lot of people appreciative of that. You made a comment just now. You said not every person is my assignment, right? I, I never heard that line. And I love that line because I think some of us in our urge to do good or willingness to do good, sometimes 
we think we can save the world. We can save right. everybody. And uh, I know you kind of alluded to that. Usually, you know, light gets shined on somebody. And say, yeah, that's that person. So, is there a feeling? Is there a voice? Is there a nudge that says, "Hey, that's the one"? What does that What does that look like when you you sit there and say, "I can't help everybody, but how do I pick the right one?" Yeah, I think it is for me. I think one, it's 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 asking, right? When someone asks, and it's it's the you, you can just kind of tell over time, like who's hungry, like who really. You know, because a lot of people say they want to change, but then they're not teachable, right? Or they, they're not willing to do the thing. And so I think it's it's kind of like you just you just vet people. So, so you see someone they have a need and they ask and they're like, help me. And then you offer the help and then you see if they're if they're moving, you know, if, if they're going to do the things that you ask. And, and other people come along and they're just, they're not willing to change. You, you know, I'm, it, it's kind of like you can lead us, the horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. So this person's like, I need something else. I need something else. I need something else. And you offer help and you offer assistance and support and you just don't see any fruit there you know and so i think over time i've been able to just kind of pray through it like is is this and i ask is this person my assignment and i feel like it is and, and of course running things by my wife too because she has all kinds of uh, discernment and, and things that i don't have all kinds of giftings that i don't have she sees all my blind spots and points them out hits me on the head and says hey knucklehead it's your blind spot again and i'm like you should, no i don't know about that but you know, that's something we're always working through, right, is just to try and uh, make ourselves better so that we're in a better position to help more people. That's that's great. And you just use another word that I love. You use the word discernment, right? It's like you have to discern who's the person you're going to help, who's the person you're going to say no to. What's the next business I'm going to get involved in? What's the next book I'm going to write? What do I what do I say no? Every time I say yes to something, I'm saying no to something else. Or every time I say no to something, I'm saying yes for more opportunity somewhere else. So how do you, how does Chad work on discernment? Is it, is it prayer? Is it meditation? Is it journaling? What does that look like for you to be a better person of discernment? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's all the above. I mean, it's, I've had to learn to not jump, not to always say, I, I used to be one of those yes people, you know, someone asked, can you do this? Yes. Can you do that? Yes. Can you do that? Yes. And next thing I know, I'm just doing a whole lot of nothing, you know, cause it's just time. It just, it just takes up a bunch of time. So now Part of it is just kind of sitting on it for a while and, and praying through it and asking my wife, is this for me? You know, there's all kinds of good opportunities. There's all kinds of good things, but every good opportunity isn't for me individually or, or not for you. So it's like you said, it's letting my yes be my yes and my no be my no and being smart enough to, to figure out, you know, not to say I get it right every time. I probably said yes to things I shouldn't have said yes to. But again, just learning to navigate through that through prayer and through my wife. And I have really, really great friends, too. So I run things through all of them and just get their thoughts. And, and I think that helps to make those decisions. Good, good. So you said somebody, you met some people at church, they poured into you. And I think it was shortly thereafter, you, you started to have some success in a business. Are you willing to, you want to share some of that? Yeah, yeah, it was shortly. Um, I mean, it was a... You know, it was, it was a process of a lot of things because we were still in Illinois at the time. And then um, I saw a guy walking down the road with a, a military uniform on, which led me to going back. I was like, I'll join the reserves. And, you know, they, they brought my wife in there to the recruiter. And next thing I know, I'm signing up for a three year commitment. And that turned into going to officer candidate school and transitioning from an enlisted soldier into an officer and, and all that. So so the first success was just really positioning myself, to be able to take care of my family, you know financially and, and get us away. We had to get away from our old contacts, our own friends and start brand new, new, our family out in, out in North Carolina. So that was kind of the beginning of it. And then, you know, that just kind of led to a uh, business opportunity, different types of business opportunities. And ultimately that led me of 
you know, getting out of the military in 2014. And I've been an entrepreneur ever since then. And you want to share what you're doing? Yeah. So, so right now my wife and I's primary uh, income is network marketing. And we're working with a company called Kiari. It's, it's been in business three and a half years, health and wellness, the, the major breakthrough product that we have, it's, it's from Maki Berry. So we have shakes and we have energy supplements and an anti-aging gel that's coming out in six days. So that's our, our primary income. But I also, we have Airbnbs in Nashville, Tennessee, and then I like to invest in uh, some cryptocurrency. So I was really excited the other day when, when Ripple just won the lawsuit, you know, that's doing great. And so just excited about all kinds of things in life, kind of a serial entrepreneur too. So I'm always vetting, you know, like with people, right? You got, you got all these hundreds of opportunities, investments coming at you all the time. And it's like, okay, who's this person? What's their motivation? Is this the route I'm going to go? Is this the route I'm not going to go? Is this my no forever? Is this a yes? And so navigate through all that a lot. So it's, it's, it's taken a lot of discernment, I'm sure. It's taken a lot of discipline because you had to walk away from one life and walk into another life. So how heavily are you involved with, I'll just call it your spirituality, whether it's prayer, meditation, journaling, how heavy are you involved in that to keep you in that, on that right path? Well, that's, that's the, that's the core of everything. I mean, that's the, that's the centerpiece, right? It's because at the end of the day, I mean, God, God is the source and everything I get, I get ultimately through him and, you know, I have to give him something to bless. That's, that's what I believe. So my hard work is giving him something to bless, but it's not getting too attached to one thing or another thing. And it's Lord, where are you leading me? What do you have for me? You know, how can my time be best spent serving you? I, I was I had a, I, I did five different men's retreats five years in a row. And we had this one guy come in. He's his name's Kevin Turner. You should have him on your show sometime. Crazy guy. I mean, he's crazy in a great way. I mean, he, he has more logged time in, in war zones than anyone else in history. And he, he's gone in humanitarian aid and he'll only go into places where, you know, Christians are being persecuted. The nation's at war. And so he goes in there. But. And he's been shot at and should be dead many, many times. But one day he said, Chad, is is what you're living for worth what Christ died for? Ooh, and that's a question that. I constantly measure my life by now because I don't want to be someone who's just chasing my tail, wasting time, chasing a dollar to ultimately wake up one day and go, I'm not living for what I'm supposed to be living for. I think I think every man we I, th- I think we kind of have a sense that we were we were made for more and we were created for a specific purpose. And I think we all want to walk into that. So I'm just constantly asking God, I was like, God, I want my will to line up with your will for me. So yeah. I'm missing it. Thump me over the head, beat me over the head. Let me know. Cause I want to walk in that. Yeah. And whatever that is, that's where I want to be. That's powerful. So when you ask that question, cause I, I, when I pray, I say, Hey Lord, have my heart match your heart. Right. And then it's like, if you ask for more patience, right. He's going to test you to see how patient you can be. Right. So when, when you have, you ever said, Hey, I, I want to walk into that. Had you just said that it's like, I'm walking into it, but don't make it too hard for me. <laughs> you ever do that? Right. It's like, Lord, I'll do anything you want except for that one thing. And but the minute <laughs> you say that he'll be like, no, 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 no. I'm going to have you do that one thing just to make sure that you're, fully surrendered and you're obedient uh-huh. if you want to have the big big thing you got to be obedient in the small small thing oh that's powerful man that is so powerful so use another word earlier we're going to get into your book in a second but use another word or you want you want to be detached right or you don't want to be attached to anything mm-hmm. so detachment's a tough piece man that's a tough uh, like task to say hey i want to i've heard it i've read it i think it was uh wayne dyer said i want to be uh, I, uh gosh 
But he said something he wants to be attached to nothing. Or de- so how do you detach yourself from things? Like we can attach ourselves to status, to money, to relationships, to whatever, whatever that looks like. So I love the idea of saying, look, I say, God, I just don't want to be attached to anything. Help me, help me be a better person of detachment. What does that look like to you? What does it sound like to you? Man, it's so tough because you know, as men, it's like our identity. Like when someone says, Who are you? We usually say, Well, I'm the soldier or I'm the you know, this, or I'm, I'm top of my game at this. I mean, that's, it's, it's our ego, right? It's our pride. It's our ego. And so to, to truly be detached, I, mean, I think it's just constantly going, going before the Lord and saying, you know, use me. Like I'm, I'm willing to give it all up. And, and that's, that's a tough one. Like, you know, that when you talk about looking in the Bible, who would walk with the rich man couldn't do it. Right. He's like, leave everything you have and follow me. And it's, it's a tough one, but it's a constant, just, I think it's just a trust and it's really just understanding our positionally who we are, you know, in, in accordance with, with the Lord and you know him as our father and that we're heir to a throne and a King and that we're always going to be taken care of no matter what we do. Yeah. We're not getting so much in, and really just performing for the audience of one and not for our dad, you know, not for our mom, not for our friends, not for our coworkers, but really just saying, Lord, I want to do it for you. I want you to be proud. Yeah. So what, what do I need to do? That's powerful. That is powerful. And that line was open to everything and attached to nothing. Mm. That was the line I was looking for. It's a powerful line. And and I think if we can if we can coach ourselves to do that, how much more at peace will we be? Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Chad, we, we, uh, we got a few minutes here, but before we wrap up, and, and it's, we, I got some questions here. So you, you wrote this book, Finding Happy, right? Mm-hmm. What was the trigger to write the book? And What's the obviously we can say it's self-explanatory. What's the message in the book? And there's a lot. So when I was 25, I had a 15-year-old brother that committed suicide. Right. So there's that piece of it. There's evangelism because I feel like if someone would have given me a book like that when I was in my early 20s, I could have saved a whole lot of time. I wouldn't have wasted almost a decade. You know, after that, and just really to give back and, and to kind of give people perspective too, because I feel especially for the younger generation, when you're young, everything, your emotions are so high, everything's so intense. You're going through a bad time. You know, I mean, I mean, how many people have committed suicide over a, 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 you know, a breakup or something, even being bullied, right? Just yeah. these, little, these little things that if that person wish would have stuck it out for 20 years, they might not, they might've looked back and been like, I don't even remember why I was upset during that period of my life. So, so getting, Given context and just a tool that people can use to get their kids, you know, over the hump or to help them through a season because life is full of seasons, right? And, you know, it's like whenever we hear this too shall pass, we always usually think about, you know, going through the rough time, this too shall pass. But usually when you're on top of the mountain, you're not at the top of the mountain that long. Most most people aren't. So it's like this too shall pass. You have to be, you have, you have to have joy, right? You got to have peace and, and joy in the top of the mountains or in the bottom of the valleys and be thankful for all of it because even in the valleys that's where that's where you're chiseled right that's where your character is formed is, is oftentimes in the in the valleys where it's just it looks tough and you don't know what's what the next mountain's going to even be let alone if you're going to get to the top of it so it's just kind of holding all that you know together but kind of loosely just knowing that as long as you have the lord as long as you have hope you have everything yeah. So, so what was it you said, Hey, I'm right. I need to write a book. Was there something that you said, Hey, I got to put this. Around. Yeah. I mean, I was, so I had this idea of finding happy. Cause I was like, what is one thing? I was like, everybody's going to be interested in that. Cause I was like, whether you're a good person, a bad person, you're rich, you're poor, everybody wants more happiness. I mean, everybody does. And so I thought, 
it was just the title was kind of dropped in my head, but then I had to go through the whole, who am I to write a book? You know, I'm not an author. I don't have, I'm not qualified. I don't have the skills. And it was just kept going on and started jotting down some ideas and some thoughts. And I finally hired somebody to kind of walk me through it. And I felt, thought I was done. And she said, no, that's a magazine article. We got to ask some more for this. Like, we need more words than that. She's like, you got a couple paragraphs. I'm like, oh man. So it was just, she helped kind of walk me through it and, and unpack, you know, what I did. And, and you know, it, it, I thought it turned out pretty good. I got some really, really good feedback on it, some great reviews. And it's, some people told me it literally saved their lives. So that's, that was my goal. If it could save one person's life, you know, then, hey, I'm, that's a win. Yeah, it's just, I don't know if it's it, it definitely something that can help save lives, but it, it, in addition to that, it's just helping people. Even, like, you just made a comment about, you know, when you're up the top, you're not always going to stay at the top. You got to throw a little dirt in the valley to, to soften the blow when things go the other way, because they're going to yeah. go the other way, and they're, you're going to be challenged. You're going to have trials and tribulations, you know? Um, and it's just, uh, it, it's great to, to just help people to understand what happiness is. You know, it's not just, you know, this this you're always there. You have to find joy and happiness. And I don't know if you see a difference in joy and happiness or not. Do you have a, you have an opinion on that? I do. I do because happiness is always circumstantial. Ha- happiness is like, Oh, I just ate the, you know, I had Brazilian steakhouse last night. I was happy, man. I was like, I was comfortably numb, right? I had all that meat. I was like, Oh, I'm happy. But happiness, it's, it's based off it's situational. So, you know, if you just get, get in a fight in an alley and get beat up in the face, you know, beat up. You're probably not very happy right now, but joy, joy is, doesn't make sense to people. Joy is like saying, man, that person should be just beat up, depressed, sad. How, how are they, how are they like celebrating right now? And, yeah. and that joy only, joy only comes from the Lord. And that's such a great testimony. You know, when you're in the down Valley seasons and you can still have joy, people look at you and they go, man, there's gotta be something real to this because that just doesn't make sense. And so it's it's that peace without understanding that the Bible talks about, you know, that, that we can have. And there's no way to have that without without Christ. I, I never was able to anyway. I tried. <laughs> I was like, happiness is a singing in a rock band. Happiness might be found at the bottom of a bottle. Happiness is, you know, getting the getting the girl. But you do all those things and you're still there's still just a lot of emptiness there. Yeah. But you said, you, you said something key. You said peace without knowing, right? Peace without knowing. And, and that's a hard place to be. And, and, and I think that's, I think what people would say is a mystery of faith, right? You don't know what's coming, but you're at peace and you're going through some tough times and you can celebrate it. You're going through mm-hmm. some tribula- tribulations and you're like, all right, this too shall pass. And it's about having that faith. So would you say uh, Chad Canella is a guy that's all in? I'm all in, man. I am. I am all in. Yeah. And I hear it. And what does, because you heard me say it in, in that, uh, when I presented down at Kyle's, uh, you know, you hear the voice, do you, the voice is always talking to you. Do you not hear it at all? Do you hear and ignore it? Do you hear it take some action and do you hear it take total action? So the, the part I want to talk about there is like the some action versus some big action, because like, I know sometimes I'm a guy is like, I'll, I'll hear God talking to me and I, I won't go, go all in. I'll put one toe in. I'm like, just in case it doesn't work out, I already got the other foot on the other side of the fence and I'm safe, but going all in, right. Going all in, right. Have, have there been times when you said, you know what, I'm not so sure. I'm just going to dip my foot in the water. Or have there been other times and Chad said, I'm all in no matter what. Have you had co- kind of different experiences? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting too. So sometimes I feel like I've, I'm hearing from the Lord, but I'm not sure. I'm like, okay, let me take a step in that direction. 
and see if, if there's fruit and if this is, if I feel like I'm, this is the way it's supposed to be. And there's been other times where it's just like, bam. I mean, imagine in the Bible and Paul gets knocked off his horse, right? He's blind. I mean, uh -huh. why do you person? I mean, there's no like, is that the Lord or not? You know, that's like, okay, I know that I know in my knower that that's it. Like, like one time my wife and I were sitting there, we were talking about where we we're going to move to, you know, and we started looking at like a couple different towns and one of them was uh, Lebanon, Tennessee. Right. Well, and then, and then we're reading the Bible and we look together and we're like, bam. And it said something about like the, the, the fruits of Lebanon or something. And we were just both right there. We're like, boom, that's it. Or when we came out here to Texas, we recently relocated Texas. We're driving out here and we're driving in the, in the area. And we're like, I said, this feels like home. She said, yeah, this does feel like home. And, and it took about five seconds for us to do. We just knew that we knew, you know, that God was just giving us that desire, put it on our heart to move. But then there's other times where it's like, I think this is from the Lord, but I'm not sure. So I need to like test it. And that's where the patience, which it's hard if you're an all in person to have patience because you know, you don't want to do go all in with something you're not supposed to go all in on. Right. So sometimes it's just being being patient enough and sitting on it and waiting. But once that decision is made, and I love the word decide because you have homicide. That means death to somebody else. The word suicide means death to self. But then the word decide to me, it means death to all other options. So when you decide, you're like, boom, that's it. I'm doing it. You know, and then you just you're, you're in. You're fully in. And then, you know, you're going to give it that timeline or whatever. And you're always going to go back and say, Lord, if I'm missing it, shut the door here, open another door. But unless it's like slammed in my face, I'm just like barreling through, like, let's go, let's go, let's go. Once that decision's made. So do you feel like sometimes you might be forcing something that's not there because you think it's the right thing? And you oh, I did that a right? lot when I was younger. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. think this is the right thing. And I just make it happen and make it. And you can feel the difference between when there's, when there's a, uh, you know, when there's peace and favor over something versus when you're grinding, because when you're grinding, it comes along with stress and it kind of, it seems like there's more obstacles. It's almost like you're in the jungle and you're taking a machete and you're just like, oh, I'm going to get through here versus being on a, a you know, like a trail is really close by. And it's like, oh, look, the trail, I'm supposed to be on the trail. And you're just like, and you're like, this is, shouldn't be this hard. And you're just beating through. I've been in, I've been in those types of situations too. Later to look back and go, oh man, that was in my strength. That's the difference between something being in our own strength and something being in, in you know, partnership with God. Cause it's just, yeah. there's a, there's like a rhythm with it. You know, it's just like when you're in tangent with God and, and there might be someone next to you that's like trying to do the same thing and they're grinding and they're, it's in their strength and they're losing their health and they're stressed. And you're over here just like going right through it. People are like, how do you do that? And you're like, it's called favor ain't fair. It's when you're walking in the favor of God because that's part of what he put in your path. Yeah, it's just like being in the flow, right? It, it just just go with it, man. And it, it's it, I'm, I'm sitting here smiling because I'm like, there's times you said so many things that, and we talked about it earlier. There's so many correlations between the two of us. But it's like, uh, like I'll have things that hit me like a blinding flash of the obvious, like bang, you got to go do that. You got to go do that. And then if there's a spinoff from that, am I supposed to do it or aren't I? And then I guess it's where you could try like the, the old litmus test. Let me give this a shot. Let me push a little bit forward and see what the results look like. And does that mean I continue down that road or do you shut me down right away and say, no, I want you to go in another direction. I, so I think, and correct me if I'm wrong in an opinion here, you know, that's like the whole free will thing. It gives us the free will to make choices. And then we got to decide, you know, is that the right choice or wrong choice? Or do we go in this direction or that direction? And no matter what direction we go in, I believe that we're still going to learn something from that, whether it was the right or wrong decision to begin with. And then it gets us back on course. 
Absolutely. And I'm a real loyal person too. So some, and now I look at things more in like seasons. So sometimes you'll be called into something for like a season. Like maybe it's a, a certain church, for example, or maybe it's a certain group or a certain opportunity and you're there for a season. And I've been known in the past to stay long past the season's over because I'm like there and I'm in it. And I'm like, then it starts feeling, I'm like, this used to be so easy. Well, why is it grinding now? And, and, and God's like, okay, that season's over. I've trained you for something different and better. Let's go over here. You know, and I'm like, ah, but I like this one's comfortable. Let me keep grinding away here. He's like, no, 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 come on. Give me the nudge. Give me the nudge. Yeah. And that's when I have to, uh, you know, die to myself and go back to the drawing board. Be like, so do you have trouble letting go? I do. Yeah. Yeah. You said something really important there. You said die to yourself, mm-hmm. right? Die to yourself. Right. And, and talk to me. What does that mean? Man. So, so dying to myself is just letting me get to the end of myself. Right. In the beginning of God. Yeah. So I'm stop hearing what I want, what I'm thinking, what I'm hearing and hearing what he wants and what he's thinking, where he's go, taking me next. Cause it's always better. Like it's, it's, I was in this guy's office and this stuck out in my mind so much. He said, Chad, I'm going to tell you some truths of the universe. And he said, every human should tattoo this on the inside of their eyelids. So every time they close their eyes, they see it. And I was like, all right, what is it? And he said, God loves you. He wants what's best for you and you can trust him. <clears throat> so when we dial into that truth, and we're like, okay, okay, God, you know, because because most people have been let down by other people. We try and project that onto God. And so it's hard for a lot of people to understand that God loves us, let alone what love even means, right? So the fact when you really wrap your mind around like God loves me and what that really truly means, and then he wants what's best for me. So I should be doing what he wants me to do, obviously, right? Yeah. Like that should be my whole goal of my life is to figure out the creator, what he's created me to do and actually do it. And then that I can trust him, meaning that even if it's if I know I'm where I'm supposed to be by him, even if it doesn't look right or if the circumstances are messed up or there's a middle of a storm or I've walked directly into a storm intentionally, like that's still the safest and best place that I could possibly be. Yeah. You you said there's three things reminded me of Bob Odin's Two Chairs. Have you ever read that book? Uh-uh. Yeah, he talks about, you know, having a conversation with God and we're, all, we're always going through these stresses and anxieties and all that. And, you know, just put it in front of God and, and have a conversation out loud with him. Because the question is, does, do you think he knows your problem? Right. Do you think that do you think he loves you? And do you think he's got a plan for you? So so on and so forth like that. And we know he does. It's just a matter of trusting and having faith in that, man. That, that's awesome stuff. But, man, I, I'm so glad we got together here. We're having this conversation. So. As we wrap up, like I said that 15 minutes ago, but anyway, as we wrap up, though, how much more chiseling has, and when I say that, by the way, we all know chisel is the podcast because we're all a work in progress. And some people, when I when I see them on the street or I talk about it, they, talk, they think it's about the chisel body. Chad's a chisel guy. He's physically a chisel guy. If you can see a man, he's built like a, he's built like a brick shithouse for lack of a better word excuse my language but anyway how much more chiseling of the mind and of the heart this chad got going on in his life man all i can get like i and you know we met through kyle wilson who obviously is like the man that knew jim Rohn inside and jim Rohn changed my life i mean i found out about him in 2001 and basically what i learned through that process was that it never stops yeah becoming a better person never ever ever stops and so i am always I, i try and you know, I think Dennis Waitley said it, and I love the way he said it. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm just as good as the best, but no better than the rest. Yeah. And I love that posture because that's a posture of humility and confidence, right? Yeah. It's, it's not arrogance and it's not, 
you know, I'm a lowly worm, right? It's, it's confidence. It's, it's the, I think in my opinion, it's the correct posture that all of us could have is that we're already, we've already arrived in a sense. We're as good as the best, but come on, we got a lot more, a lot, lot further to go so that we can get better. So it's like, you know, John Maxwell would say, set the bar, hit the bar, raise the bar, mm. hit the bar, raise the bar, hit the bar, raise the bar. So it never, ever stops. And that's half of the excitement. It's not the destination. It's the journey. Yeah. And all of the things that are going to happen along the journey and the people like you that I get to meet and other people that you and I get to meet and lives we get to impact and people impact us. And, you know, and I think at the end of the day, if you begin with the end in, in, in mind, like, come on, brother, let's impact so many lives that there's not a building big enough to, to, uh, hold the people that want to show up for our celebration of life. You know, they're going to have to shout it out to speakers and to the people outside because we've uh, made that, that much of an impact. And yeah. I'll say this too, you know, when I was younger, it was all about my success, right? I want to be successful. I want people to see me, but once you've tasted significance, then success no longer satisfies and it becomes all about everyone else. That's powerful. That's significance right there. That's significance. I, I got it. You just brought up another question. If you got another minute or two here. So you talked about Dennis Waitley. You talk about Kyle Wilson, Jim Rohn, right? Personal growth and development, right? You talk about, we, we go down that road. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had trouble tying the personal growth and development into the whole spirituality piece or religion, whatever you want to call it like that? Have you ever trouble tying those in? Because people will say, when you talk about personal growth and development, it's all about you, 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 you. And it's really not, you're, you're not inviting the Lord in there. Have you ever, you, do you tie it in nicely? Have you had trouble tying it in? Pay no attention to really it. Gotta, and the way I see it is the Bible is the best personal development book. You know, 100%. Bible, right. And, and um, I mean, it's all about personal development growth. You know, as a man thinketh, so he is. I mean, that's yeah. what personal development's about is thinking, renewing your mind. The Bible's all about renewing your mind. And the more we renew our mind, the, the better posture we have to help more people. Because we see, we, when we renew our mind and we, we start to have the mind of Christ, we start to see the gold in everyone else. We start to see the potential in everyone else. We start to see why Jesus would choose a tax collector, even though everyone would say, oh, I can't believe you're hanging out with a tax collector, right? Or the prostitutes or whoever, because everybody's, it's, it, everybody's on the same playing field, right? Yeah. We're all the same. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's the homeless guy that stinks sitting on, he, he's, he's just as important as the top CEO of the top company, because that's how Jesus sees everything. So if we start to have the mind of Christ and we start to realize everything in life is about getting better and improving. And, yeah. and so I love, I love, love, love personal development. It changed me because I, I think like a lot of people, I just kind of settled. I kind of drifted. I got done with high school. I was like, oh, I'm done learning. I know everything I need to know. And then you get into this personal development and you're like, I can never learn enough. I have yeah. to get as much in as I can, as fast as I can for as long as I can. Yeah. So it, it's, it's funny you're talking about that. Cause like where, where I had a struggle first, I was like, Oh, I can't go down that personal growth and development. I got to stick, you know, stay in the Bible, stay in the liturgy like that. But what happened was I started reading uh, personal growth and development, July of 1990. And I graduated from college, picked up the greatest salesman in the world. And I started reading these books and all these books are quoting scripture. And I'm like, let me see if this is real. Right. So I would open the Bible next to my personal growth and development book. And when I saw a, an author uh, quoting scripture, then I would open the Bible and flip through the pages. I'm like, oh, there it is. Right. And then I, that got me more attracted to the Bible and reading that. So personal growth and development took me or led me 
to the road of the Bible and wanting and wanting to read it and wanting to understand it better. So that that's powerful stuff, man. And thank you for sharing that. And the last thing I'll say is I got chills when you talk about it like two minutes ago, five minutes ago, you talked about the difference between the confidence and the arrogance and the ego and humility and, and feeling like the lowly person or being humble. And I, I Chad, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here or saying anything too soon, but I woke up one morning and I started thinking about the fine lines of life, right? Confidence, confidence and self-worth, humility and ego, high ego, low ego. And there's so many fine lines that we work, we walk every day in, in that, in that little square, that box of ego, humility, confidence and all that stuff and self-worth. And I'm like, I'm like, is God telling me to write a book about the fine lines of life, right? And, and I feel like he's telling me to do it, and I just haven't done it yet. I, I got the toe in the water, so to speak, right? That's mm-hmm. where I'm at with it. So anyway, man, you made my day, man. I, I love talking to you, man. And, and Chad, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, how can they reach out to you? Now I'm on all Chad Kanellar, last name K-N-E-L-L-E-R. It's right here. Um, I'm on all the social medias. Um, you can email happy the number one, at yahoo.com. You hold me that way. Um, yeah. All the different ways. Pretty easy. Carrier pigeon, you know, whatever works best. <laughs> so look, you probably heard it on the, on the show today, ladies and gentlemen, he's got a lot of energy, got a big smile, chiseled, chiseled guy. So don't, don't mess with him because I'm sure it puts you in a place one way or another, right? Physically or spiritually. So Chad, look, man, thank you for being a part of this, man. I appreciate it. I think you're going to impact and improve the lives of a lot of people as you continue to walk your journey. And until next time, everybody, Let's go get chiseled. You just got chiseled with Rock on the Dark. Be sure to like this podcast, share it with your friends, and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Also, you can find Rob's book on Amazon, Better Than You Think.